a warm welcome to Basil Skodos, who's the Chief Financial Officer at NUSPAS. Uh, Basil, we're talking to you from Europe, from, uh, from the Netherlands? Exactly. Good morning, Alec. I'm in Amsterdam. And you've got a very busy day ahead of you. Um, we, we would like to just pick up, on, obviously, on the financial results and then the postponement of the listing. But just to start off with, the big question that uh, Duncan Artis, who's one of your one of your big South African shareholders from Alan Gray, was posing, he, he said, "What's Naspers going to do in the future now that Multi Choice has been unbundled? So all the cash that was coming in from Multi Choice that you could use is now now has to come from somewhere else." And I guess from his perspective and many other investors, it that's really the question. Uh, the cash that from Multi Choice has now been given unbundled to shareholders. Now it's four billion dollar. A boost for them, but on the other hand, how's the other cash flow looking? Great question, Alex. So um, I think a couple of things that I'd like to call out in, in that regard. The first is, of course, we have many profitable e-commerce businesses in the group. They're not all um, cash consuming, and um, those profitable businesses have grown their profitability 44% year on year to 406 million dollars. And in fact, that, there's another milestone there in that now more than 50% of our e-commerce revenues are driven by profitable e-commerce businesses. So what happens is as these businesses get to scale and the engine starts to move, right, the operating leverage comes through very strongly. And you actually see these businesses at scale grow profitability much faster. As a result, these businesses are increasing the cash contribution to the center by about 22, 23% year on year over the last year. And in fact, over the last three years, it's, it's close to 250%. So we're seeing profitability and cash generation to the center pick up very quickly through our e-commerce businesses. And it's a matter of a couple of years before they not only absorb what um, video entertainment used to supply, but, but provide in excess of that. So a couple of years, and you'll be back to, a, uh, to from a cash perspective anyway, back to that position, and presumably thereafter, uh, it'll mushroom. Exactly. And, and then also, in terms of financial flexibility, we've got a great balance sheet, right? We have net cash of $6 billion, gross cash of 10. So we, we, we are well positioned um, to, to actually um, deliver that over the next couple of years as well as continue to invest and build out new segments and new businesses. Now, that net cash, uh, or the, the cash number on the balance sheet, yes. the thing that keeps impressing one about NASPASS is you guys really do think ahead, and when you sold off the 2% uh, stake or 2% stake that you had in, uh, in, in 10 cent, was, it, was, it, was this all part of the plan? Certainly, Alec, what we saw is we saw um, we've, we felt that opportunity would come over the next couple of years. We saw opportunity in food delivery, opportunity in our payments and fintech space. And we also saw we also formed a view about where valuations might go longer term. And there are pockets of value really starting to build up. Of course, there are markets where values are still quite high, like India, but um, it really positioned us well. And in fact, over the last year, we've invested $3 billion of that capital. And I think we're well positioned um, to look at, at, at opportunities going forward. The pipeline is good and um, will continue to move. That said, we're, the thing is, we're very disciplined. We're fundamentally driven in terms of valuation. 
we look at DCFs, we look at IRRs. So we remain disciplined in how we allocate that capital. Basil, just take us through for those who, and, and if you've just joined us now, and I see there a lot of people have actually come on just a, a few moments ago. We're talking to Basil Skordos live uh, from Amsterdam. He's the Chief Financial Officer of NASPAS. Just take us through the, the, the cash in, cash out uh, of the past year, if you would, because it's been a really transformational year for NASPAS. How much came in to start with from Tencent, from the, the sale of those Tencent shares? And then the, the Indian investment that you mentioned in Flipkart, how much was in there? And then where of that money, uh, where did it go? Yes, so um, the Tencent trim brought in about $10 billion. Flipkart brought in about $2 billion at a 29% IRR, so a fantastic return there. And um, the key areas of investment have been around classifieds, which has been a big chunk of the $3 billion we've invested. In fact, $1.8 billion of that. And um, the big moves in there were to take our stake in a veto up to 100%, so that was $1.1 billion. We also took 100% of our Middle East classified business, Dubizzle, and then moved into additional verticals, such as um, the Blue Collar Jobs vertical in India, called Asan Jobs, and we've also started to get into the cash it for me model where we actually broaden the ecosystem and provide even more value to customers looking to buy and sell cars. So if they don't want to go through the hassle of meeting a potential buyer and doing the exchange, we'll take the car off their hands and, and, and sell it for them. And, and that's a very valuable service, particularly in some of the markets we're in. So um, so classifieds has been a big area of investment. The other big area has been food delivery. So over the last year, we've invested about $716 million in Swiggy, which is a really fast-growing food delivery platform in India. Um, it's growing its orders, I think, north of 200 and – well, it's growing its revenue north of 260%, and orders are growing four times year on year. So this is a platform that's scaling very, very quickly. And then we've also made some investments in our payment and fintech segment to broaden the ecosystem to increase our capability to actually process payments for not only local merchants, but also international merchants looking to process um, payments in the markets in which we operate. Basil, how do you get it right? Because it, let's just go back a little bit in the NASPAS story. It was a It was a pretty stodgy newspaper business in South Africa that saw the future, got busy – long before everybody else uh, in pay TV uh, through Mnet and that expanded into multi-choice. And, and then in the year 2000, well, how long, nearly 20 years ago, saw the Internet story but didn't go and attack the Americans, went instead to emerging markets. And, of course, uh, amongst the investments was Tencent. Now you're doing uh, – you, you've identified classifieds, you've identified – Food delivery, and it's interesting food delivery. I, I was looking earlier at your uh, Delivery Hero uh, investment in Germany, the share price there since two years since the listing from 27 euros to over 40 euros. You, you seem to have a knack of actually finding winners, but first of all, A, how do you find them? Secondly, how do you actually cut and run when uh, things don't look like they're going to be winners? It's it's not easy, Alec, and it's you know the it's really built over many many years. Um, in fact, more than twenty because before we got into e-commerce, we 
we got into mobile telephony and then pay television and then so the story goes. And effectively, the approach has been fairly consistent. The first thing is you've got to be plugged into the world. So you've got to have people on the ground where the innovation is happening, where the um, where, where the ideas are starting to, to to come up. Then you've got to take some risk. And of course, when you take risk, you don't want to bet the bank, but you want to take meaningful enough risk such that you're there, you're learning, you're building. And then as you build conviction, you then step up. And, and where you don't, you've got to be disciplined enough to take to take some pain and, and, and move on. So um, what we try and do is we try and stay very close to the the um, markets where models have, have matured and developed nicely. And then we look around the world for as to whether those models are going to be relevant in, in, in high growth markets that we focus on. And then we go and back local local players who actually take the model and make it very, very local. Um, so, And then from there, what we try and do is we try and bring these platforms together and broaden the ambition be beyond one country to many countries. And then from there, we take the global tech and, and build that on top of it. So it, it, it's a journey. And it's a repeatable process. We've done this with classifieds. We've now done it with payments. And, and, and we're well on our way with food. And we were like that with, with, with pay TV too. We started off in South Africa. We didn't start off in, in 50 countries. We started off in South Africa. We then went to Europe and did a little bit there. We locked in some value. We then grew in the African continent. So it's a very repeatable model. And at the core of it is to be out there at the forefront, investing, making early bets and learning from those and bringing it back into the org. Mm. One of the early bets uh, that that not too many people are aware of is LUNO, the cyber currency exchange. It's in South Africa. I was reading over the weekend. In fact, we published it, uh, a Bloomberg story that that is now starting to rapidly expand. Is that getting into the the area of conviction? Um, we, we're still learning. So the blockchain um, cryptocurrencies is still at a very early stage of, of development. So we're still learning, and, and Luno is one of the um, areas, uh, one of the companies through which we're learning. Um, we've also announced that we will um, also participate in, in the Facebook Libra project with, with an investment there and learn from there. But certainly it's an area we're very focused on because we want to take our current payments and fintech business, which primarily processes payments, and expand the opportunity um, Initially with credit, but also with then leveraging these new technologies. So we see, we see lots of opportunity, but it's not at scale yet. So right now we're still learning. We're still developing our thesis. We're still trying to understand how we can bring some of that into our core markets. But most importantly, what value does it create for our customers? That's the key thing that we need. And, and can we do it at scale? So that's the key thing we remain focused on. But Basil, the, the participation in Facebook's Libra project, that's, Almost like a, a a recognition that you you really have arrived. I mean, we know NASPAS from South African perspective has arrived long ago, but to be in, do you get invited to something like that, or do you put your hand up? How does the deal flow? How does it come to you? Um, in fact, that's that's exactly right. Over the last couple of years, um, you know, our profile globally has has increased. Previously, you know, people said, "Well, this is the South African government; they're running around. What are they really?" But our profile has really gone up, and um, I think people see the value we bring. We don't just bring capital, right? We bring deep knowledge, 
um, of particular models, but also of the markets we're in. You know, these high growth markets that we've been investing in, we've been around now for 20 years, and we've built strong IP around that. Um, we know how to help founders scale their businesses, so we don't just give them money, we bring them financial, legal, PR, a whole bunch of expertise. And that has really improved our profile significantly. First of all, within the founder community, because people speak very positively about the experience. Also, they see us as a long-term investor, and we always have this long-term view. So indeed, our profile has increased significantly, and we've seen increased reach out from people looking to partner with us and work with us. And, and that's our model. We, we, we are a business that builds on partnership, that builds on on people working together. So um, it's the core of our success. You can't do all of this yourself and be in 80 markets trying to do it all yourself. It's just impossible to do. But how did, uh, what did you see in Libra, though, that, that was so appealing? Well, it's, it's at the forefront of what's happening. You know, it's the next wave of disruption. It's blockchain. It's, 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 a, it's an attempt to bring a legitimate sort of global currency in, into play. And, and really, again, what we're trying to do here is learn and see how it goes and, 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 and understand what, what needs to happen for this thing to become successful. And, and then hopefully if it does, you know, help, um, process payments and, and create a broader ecosystem around the 18 markets we're focused on. And the fact that you've got six billion in net cash sitting on your balance sheet, I guess, makes you pretty appealing for anybody looking, looking for money. Obviously, they want the expertise and to, and to hitch their wagons onto a winning formula. But uh, do you get a lot of requests uh, from people around the world who, who want support? We, we, uh, we look at six, seven, eight hundred deals a year. We probably close 20. So there's lots of, um, interest coming through the funnel, but we remain very, very disciplined about where we allocate our capital. How do you process so many deals? We, it's, 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 it's really driven by how we structure ourselves. So, um, we have strong M&A and strategic capabilities within each of the segments and they look at deals. We then have our ventures team that looks at earlier stage deals. And then at the top, what we try and do is um, bring it all together and, and, and try to prioritize capital against the best returning opportunities. So um, it's really filtered up from on the ground. We encourage our businesses to go out there and look for ways to expand their ecosystem, to, to become deeper entrenched in their markets. Um, we, we encourage our segments to do that. And then on top of it, we try and give a good steer as to where we think the best opportunities are and, 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 and help people um, get to them. If you just joined us, we are on live on Business News Radio talking to Basil Skordos, the Chief Financial Officer of NASPAS. Basil, uh, before we go into, into kind of the par- final part of the discussion, just to, if, if you could just briefly take us through the numbers, um, we saw revenues were up by 29% to $19 billion. These are really now world class figures, but the two key areas that we discussed earlier about cash flow, classified advertising and uh, the food delivery areas, how are they sitting at the moment? Are they, are they continuing on the one hand? I, I do know that classified advertising has broken into profit, but is the other area also starting to get to a point soon where it will be contributing to your cash flows? So um, we're really proud of the performance of our classified segment. This segment grew 37% year on year at the top line. 
it's not profitable in the aggregate, and we have some very strong prof, um, pockets of, of, of further drives of profitability. Uh, Russia business is now running at a 50%, at a 57% trading profit margin. Our Polish business is running at a 60% trading profit margin. Our Brazil business is now profitable, and the margin's expanding really quickly there, 13%. So in a couple of years, we probably have another Avito in our hands, and that business, depending on who you ask, is valued at least at $3 billion. So we're seeing good pockets of incremental growth, and we're quite confident that we can sustain not only the top-line growth, but continue to improve the profitability there very strongly. On the food delivery side, that's at a much earlier stage of development. And look, we're only at the early days of what's possible here. This is not just about moving offline, sort of calling um, and getting your takeout food delivered, but it's about using technology to fundamentally transform how people eat and to drive down the cost of having food brought to your house in in, in a in a prepared manner. We're there's 30 meal occasions, um, sorry, there's 90 meal occasions a month. So we really are at, at the very early days. And we're actually exposed to some of the fastest growing markets, including India, Brazil, and through Delivery Hero um, in several high growth markets, including um, the Middle East, Central and Eastern Europe, and, and, and Asia. So we have a good portfolio that actually covers the globe and also through our investment in Mailru, we, we get to see what they're doing in Russia with their delivery club business. Tencent is a big shareholder in Mate One and Mate One is a big driver of food delivery in, in, in China. So we really get global view and we really are able to understand the opportunity, understand how to actually scale the business in an economically viable manner. But it really is early days and this is potentially going to be a very, very big business. As a result, we've stepped up investment in the second half of the year and we will continue to step up um, in the year ahead. Before we stepped up investment, we actually saw that these businesses can be profitable. So in Brazil, our third-party delivery business, so this is where the restaurants deliver themselves, but where we bring the order to them, that was already profitable. In, in some of our big cities where we actually started to deliver ourselves with a first-party network, we scaled those very quickly. And now what we're doing is we're just blanketing Brazil. We're in 500-plus cities. In India, um, Swiggy is also blanketing India. And we really are at the very early days yeah, of what of what's possible. It's an extraordinary story uh, and one that South African investors have been privileged to, to, uh, to, to follow. I wonder if you've ever done internally any calculations on how NASPAS has impacted or supported the South African retirement pool. Uh, I was talking to Duncan Artis as well this week. He says we should be following every day. Instead of the gold price, we should be putting up NASPAS's share price because by far after people's houses or even including people's houses, it's the biggest uh, asset that most South Africans have. Have you ever ever done anything like that? Um, only uh, look. I think at the core we focus on our returns. And but if you uh, if you go and look at it, and you take Naspas out of the JSC over the last ten years, the JSC has been roughly flat, marginally down, and Naspas has driven that growth. Um, so we're we're proud we're proud to have achieved what we've achieved as a South African group. We're proud to have been able 
to make this contribution to people's pension money, and we take that responsibility very seriously. So um, we we remain very focused on on where we want to go, how we want to do things, and we hope we can continue to do so. But as we, as I said earlier, you know, it does require us taking some risk. And we try to balance that so that um, things remain on track. And, and what about South Africa? You've now unbundled multi-choice. What's your? You still have a big operation here through uh, on the internet side through News Twenty Four and your magazines, etc. But what's the future likely to be here? We we see great opportunity in South Africa, and um, we we really want to play a big role in bringing the morals that we've seen globally back to our home country. Take a lot is a fantastic business. I think, in fact, one of the best we've seen globally um, in terms of the B2C model, right, the Amazon-type model, right? what Kim and his team do is is, is incredible. They, they're they growing really quickly, operating leverage is coming through. So that that's going to be a really big business. But more importantly, it really gives consumers something that, that they otherwise couldn't get, and that's what we want to do. Um, we have a we, we're investing in in the classified model, and particularly around cars in in South Africa. We've we're starting to build our payments business there, um, and in fact, just our existing businesses. We I, I see us commit. I see us investing at least three to three and a half billion dollars over the I'm sorry rand over the next couple of years. And then what we've also announced is we're trying to build an ecosystem that allows new companies to come to the fore in South Africa. And we've launched NASPAS Foundry now. We've committed that um, 1.4 billion rand over the last um, over the next three years, and we've just completed our first investment in Sweet South, which is a very local platform using data, using technology to deliver a very local need. We want to uncover more opportunities like that. South Africa is really at the early days of tech and online disruption. And um, it's a sizable market. It's our home market. So we're going to keep investing. And and we we believe in the long-term future, and we believe that it's going to yield great returns to our shareholders. So hopefully, five, ten years down the line, there will be more than just one multi-choice. There will be a couple of businesses that are getting close to that sort of scale. And no doubt you were quite interesting for, interested from that perspective to hear the State of the Nation uh, discussion around data and how a whole new data uh, deal is going to be available to South Africa because cheaper data clearly would support many of your uh, intentions. Uh, that's a great point, and I think Korea is a great example, right? Um, the, 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 the boost that giving people access to the internet can have on an economy is massive. And you can, I can pull out many examples, Korea, Japan, China, now India. India has gone through an explosion over the last two years because they've driven down data costs and, and data consumption has gone up fivefold. And as a result, these businesses that are built off these platforms, those engines are really picking up, right? The Indian government's come out and said, well, we really want to move transactions online. Why? Because it's easier to track and monitor and, and, and manage things. So those type of initiatives can really have a massive impact on an economy. And it's just example after example after example. So um, we, I think, we think it's a great idea and um, it's great to see that South Africa really wants to make 
a dent here, and I think it's going to be transformational if we can if we can achieve something meaningful there. Basil, to close off with, uh, not such good news. Your new company uh, to be listed in Amsterdam had to have the listing postponed. Um, you, you're calling it process which means forwards, as I've read in your documentation uh, in Latin. Right. Uh, where did, uh, first of all, before we talk about the, uh, the, the blunder on the postage side, wh- where did that come from, the, the decision on the name? Did you have a board or a group sitting together and saying, hmm, that sounds like a goodie? So um, it's a very thorough process, um, and it was run by our comms team here, here at NASPAS, and um First of all, they did a thorough sweep, and what we learned very quickly is that every English, Greek, or Italian, or French name is basically taken and spoken for. So we really had to start looking quite deep and thinking about what really describes what we do and, and how we do it. And I think process hits, hits the nail on the head there, right? So Latin word means forward, and that's what NASPAS has done. Not for five, not for 10, not for 20 years, but for, for the bulk of its of its existence and um, process now carries that journey forward um, uh, with NASPAS being its biggest shareholder. So NASPAS will own 73% of process and um, it's, yeah, so, so we're, we're excited and um, it, at the end of the day, what we do for our customers, what we do for our shareholders is going to um, solidify the brand, right? Mm. Um and the blunder. Yes, go ahead. Well, you were, we were all hoping that we'd have a, a, a listing to celebrate in July, and now it's been pushed out to September. What what happened? Yeah, we were ready. We were ready to – I mean, everything's ready. We're set, and um, we then um, we were informed of this um, of this area from, from a, an, an external provider where we basically saw a misalignment between names and addresses. So we just want to make sure that our shareholders have the opportunity to receive the information correctly, apply their minds to it, and 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 show up at the AGM and and show up to the meeting and and vote accordingly. So um, it's unfortunate, but um, I don't think it has a significant impact. Everything's ready, so we now go to the AGM. We we um, the feedback from the shareholders is positive, so we're confident that we'll be able to move forward and then um, complete the listing in, in September. And this is results day for you, talking to lots of people. Um, what time are you going to finish off this evening? Uh, probably very late, and then <laughs> on to your planes to go and see our shareholders. Uh, in, where, where do you travel to, to see them? So I'm going to be in South Africa. Bob's coming down to South Africa. We have shareholders all over the world. We have shareholders in, in, in London. We have shareholders in the U.S., in Asia. So... We're going to be reaching out and talking to all of them.